0: Uh, that was so good to be able to see all of what uh, just went down at VBS this year. My name's Eric Wakeling, pastor here at Calvary Church, or you can call me Sam. But uh, it's, uh, we just had so much fun this week, and all the crazy shenanigans are super fun. And I'm here, but also here with Courtney Dowdy, our high school pastor who did the teaching this week.:
1: yeah. Howdy, Church, so good to be with you this morning.
0: Yeah, and uh, she did a great job and I was just so excited because... You know, like a lot of times you can only see as maybe an outside observer or someone that was involved in parts of VBS that I was involved in, you only see all of the wildness, all the absurdity, and it's so great though to be able to see how there is true life impact because VBS is not just about that, but it's all that stuff helps to get kids engaged to be able to hear the gospel, and that's what Courtney did this week um, at VBS. And so I was just excited for you to be able to share with us a little bit more about what the kids learned. But I think there's some real important lessons for all of us as well.
1: Oh, for sure. So the biggest thing this week was just realizing that Jesus' power pulls us through. Everyone has an opinion on, you know, what the best part of VBS actually is. Uh, For me, it's definitely the costumes and the characters. Oh, wow. You've had some good ones. You've had some bad ones. We're just going to be honest about that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that's, again, that's not what it's about. There's a means to an end, you know. The big point of VBS, why we actually do it, is because we want kids to know the God of the scriptures. We want anyone and everyone to actually know and understand and believe these powerful truths that are written about him in the scriptures you know Mm. bbs is this opportunity for kids to really know god um it's an opportunity for their parents their friends their family to know god to know jesus so we spent most of our time talking about jesus specifically his power because the reality is is that jesus power makes a difference for humanity and i'm sure you're asking this question well what shift does Jesus' power make for humanity? Thank you so much for asking, Oh, you're Eric, welcome, yes. You no, know, I'm so glad to tell you <laughs> Please about share. that. Please Absolutely. share more. So um, way back when, I don't know if it was even in 2020 or not, uh, but we started this series in Hebrews, we yeah. did. And I actually went back to the beginning of Hebrews, so I want to take a look at that again uh, to frame what we're talking about here. So it says this, God, after he spoke, Long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he's the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by, get this, the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So all, all this is saying, you know, according to Hebrews is God reveals himself through Jesus. He reveals himself through Jesus and his power. And Jesus shows up and he's expressing his power all throughout the New Testament narratives. Hmm. And essentially, <laughs> when we look at those New Testament narratives, we see that, okay, Jesus is showing up in power, with power. And those encounters make a difference for everyone that he's encountered. It makes a huge difference. It seems that it's almost impossible for someone to encounter Jesus and be left the same. You cannot really encounter Jesus and be left the same. Um, and so I just wanna take a look at two of them that we've looked at this this week um, in the New Testament narrative of Acts. And the first, the first thing that I realized about Jesus' power is that Jesus' power helps us do hard things. Um, and that's because Jesus is exactly what Hebrews 1 described. You know, he is the exact representation of God's nature. He is He's the radiance of his glory. So in Acts 9, we're introduced to these characters, Ananias and Saul, right? You heard of them before?
0: I haven't? have. Okay, good. good. <laughs> Tell me more. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. So in Acts
1: 9, um, we, we realize that. Saul has been threatening, threatening any follower of Jesus. Essentially, right. just it's a it's not a good situation is what's going on here. Threatening any follower of Jesus, and uh, God asks Ananias to do the unthinkable. He literally asks him to do the unthinkable. He says, "Hey, I need you to go and help Saul because he's in trouble." He's in trouble. Um, You know, the person who (laughs) has a pretty terrifying reputation, God says, hey, I need you to go and help your enemy. I need you to go and help the person that you probably would avoid at all costs. I need you to go after them because I'm telling you to. And God doesn't really, you know, hype him up or anything. He says, hey, get out there and be brave. (laughs) You got this. No, he says, I want you to go in light of my power. I want you to go knowing that my power is actually going to be with you because, if if he really saw in that moment, like what God's power can do, he, he would realize, okay, Saul, is, he's in need of help, meaning that Jesus' power has softened his heart. Saul had met Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so his heart had been softened towards followers of Jesus. So when God says, hey, go over there and talk to Ananias, go help him, um, he's, he's inviting Ananias to see like, hey, my power does incredible things and it's going to help you do this hard thing of going somewhere where you probably wouldn't choose to go, Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. which
1: is a huge thing. It's like a huge thing.
0: Right. To go talk to a guy that's like basically a murderer has been killing people that believe in the stuff you believe. So go help this guy now. Exactly.
1: But Ananias chooses obedience because he recognizes, Hey, it's not about my power in this moment. But it's about Jesus' power. It's about God's power with me. So when we think about all the hard things that are in front of us, I wonder, are we recognizing that we're not going on our own own merit and our own power, but we have the power of Jesus with us if he's asking us to go and do something. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Second story. I got another one. (laughs) So we pick up in Acts 27... Same guy, Saul, but everything has changed because Jesus' power has changed his life. I mean, his name is different. He's Paul now. That's right. Yeah, see, you know.
0: My middle name, I got it.
1: Is it really? Yeah. Okay, I'm getting sidetracked. sorry. (laughs) Sorry, okay. But everything has changed with this guy. Um, And he's leaning into Jesus' power himself right now. He is, and he's trusting in Jesus' power. And what happens is he realizes that Jesus' power actually gives us hope. Jesus' power gives Paul hope. See, they're on this ship. They're on this boat, uh, over 200 people. And this ship is in the middle of a storm. And it looks like, you know, they're probably going to die. But, and so everyone is panicked. But Paul, because mm. Paul knows Jesus. And Paul trusts that the message that God had given him, right before the storm even happened, that, God, that message that God had given him was going to actually stand true. He like says this in verse 25 of Acts 27. And he tells all the people who don't have hope. He says, hey, keep courage. For I believe that God, believe the God that told me, it will turn out exactly as he said. Mm. All of us, you know, we face these challenging moments. I said this in that recap video. Uh, Storms of bad news crashing over us, fear coming in from every direction. We don't really know which way is up and down. Um, And we look at all these storms and it could be super discouraging. But church, I, I wonder what life would be like. What life would actually be like if we didn't just think about the storm, but actually leaned into the power that God might have over that storm. Hmm. See, all these narratives, it just seems like Jesus is setting us up to, to understand the life that he, he actually wants us to live and the beautiful thing about this, Eric. And I know you know this, because <laughs> it's your turn.
0: But okay. like, it's... <laughs>
1: is that Jesus' power lets us live forever. That's the life that he wants
0: for us. Exactly, that Jesus' power lets us live forever. And I love that, to keep courage because what I'm telling you will come true. He's Mm -hmm. saying, all this stuff is true. And this is what I want you to hear is that that is the message of the Bible. That's the message of VBS. That's the message of the gospel. The good news is that that Jesus lets us live forever. Because you see, God created the whole world. He created everything, he created people. You've got the very first people, Adam and Eve, they're just living in this like perfect oneness and wholeness with God in this perfect peace. They're walking just side by side by God himself in the garden of Eden, everything's great. And he says, you can do whatever, except for this one thing, just don't eat this tree, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. They can't do this one thing, but then the serpent comes, tempts them, and then they do eat of that fruit. And that's when sin enters the world. And when sin, going against the ways of God, enters the world, that begins then to bring death into the world. That separates human beings, us, from God. It was them and then now forever. that There's this separation from God and sin and death have entered the world. Even in the book of Romans, it says the consequences of sin is death death and separation from God. And so then the story continues, though, and God has a, has a plan. He has a way. And God has these chosen people, the people of Israel. And these people, he says, okay, I'm going to give you my law, my ways. I'm going to give you more than just this one thing. Like I want to give you all the ways that I would have you live. And that, what that does, though, is it shows them what God's ways are, but it highlights their sin. It highlights the ways that people go against God the ways of God, and that is sin. And so he said, okay, I'll give you a way to cover your sin. And that was through this whole system of sacrifices. They had to sacrifice these like almost like, these perfect lambs and that the blood of those animals that were that were sacrificed would cover their sin, it would say. But they'd have to keep doing that every year, every year, every year, over and over and over and over again. But then God says, I've got a better way. That was the way before, I've got a better way for you. And that way is through God himself. Jesus, the very Son of God, comes and is born a baby and lives this life that all of us have lived. God, very God, fully God, fully man in human form, and goes through his whole life without sin. And we read about him in in the Gospels. But then what he does willingly is that he goes to the cross. Again, willingly. His choice goes upon the cross, dies upon that cross, and takes all of our sin upon himself. And so all of that consequence of death, like all the price that's supposed to be paid for our sin, he takes that upon himself and that covers it, as we've been learning in Hebrews, that covers it once and for all. So once and for all our sins are covered forever. And the beautiful thing is he didn't just die and then stay dead. On the third day, he rose from the dead back to life in strength and in power and in victory over sin, over death. And because of his resurrection, because he comes back to life again in that power, that's what lets us live forever. And so he says in his word in Romans 10, he says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved we believe that Jesus is God and that he rose from the dead and conquered sin, conquered death, covered our sin forever, you'll be saved. And he says in Ephesians 2, he says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not by your works, it's a gift. And so we just receive that gift of God's grace. And then as we do, then he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to live for him every day. And so that's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what it's yeah. all about. That Jesus' power lets us live forever. And so in light of that, and as we've received that, I want you to receive that today if you haven't that gift. But then there's some next steps. And so kind of what's What's next?
1: Great question. Well, thank I you. <laughs> like, no, way. but uh, what I love about that is it seems that Jesus's power is making the impossible possible. So Absolutely. that is a good question. What are our next steps if Jesus's power is helping us accomplish the impossible through these encounters? Yep. Like essentially, if the pattern is you encounter Jesus and you're left, you're not left the same. You're different. You we can't keep doing the same things. You right. know? It's a definition of insanity. Yeah. I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Uh, thanks. <laughs> you know, each, each of these stories that we covered, um, <laughs> it's, we see that these people do different things because Jesus intentionally gives them instruction to be different and do different things. And so if we keep reading after the stories that we covered in, in Acts and in Matthew, Matthew 28, um, which you might be familiar with, Jesus outlines this. He says, hey, I, I want you to to see, like witness my power, see my power, and then be changed by what you see. Mm -hmm. Be changed by what you see. So Matthew 28 says this, and Jesus, he came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, favorite part, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. Mm. And so I'm reading that, you know, and he says, you've seen what I can do. You've seen what Jesus can do. You're clearly changed by what you've seen. Move forward in life, living like you believe Jesus' power actually does what you think it does. Yeah. And Jesus is so great because he tells us how to do it, you know. So the first, he tells us, hey, Jesus' invitation is dependent upon his power, not our own. It's dependent on his power, not, not our own. You now, So verse 17, the disciples are like us. They show up. They see Jesus' power. He's accomplished the impossible. You know, he's beaten death. Pretty impossible. And it says that some of them were there. They saw, they saw Jesus and they started worshiping him. But also said some of them were doubting him. They doubted. They didn't know what to do with, with what, uh, what they were looking at. Right, then and there. And so Jesus says, hey, I'm going to tell you what to do. (laughs) Like you have an equal opportunity to listen and go where I'm heading. You have an opportunity to listen and go where I'm heading. So he says, I want you to operate differently. I want you to know that like my power is actually going to help you do the impossible. Go and teach all of the nations everywhere (laughs) in all of creation about me. Yeah, that sounds pretty impossible. And it would be if it was just up to us. But it's not. It's not dependent on us, it's dependent on God's power. It, it would make sense because we were changed by Jesus' power. So to accomplish the task at hand, we probably would need to lean into Jesus' power and authority. Yeah. And so he says, I, all I want you to do, this great commission or instruction, that's what that word means, is I want you to go and share about your encounter with my power. Mm-hmm. Share about your encounter with my power, and it, wherever it is that you are. That's what it looks like to make disciples. That's what it looks like to raise them up to observe all that I've taught you. Show show up and share about Jesus' power. We don't have to prove anything about our own power, which is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. We only have to share about what Jesus has done. And the best part about this is, is that second thing that Jesus does in the same set of verses. He promises to remain close as we embrace that invitation. Mm-hmm. He promises to remain close. He says, hey, I want you to see where I am with you, always until the end of the age. So if you know where God is and you know where he, his power, his promise to be, the question I think that we have to ask is, well, well where are you? In light of whatever Jesus is asking you to do next,
0: right.
1: where are you and how are you actually responding if you are being made different?
0: Yeah, I think about there's all these people that are, that are watching this right now. And some are kids right. that have been part of VBS. Some are parents that have been part of that. Some are just people that are part of our church that are right. just being part of the worship service today. And everybody's coming at this from a, a different place. And what we want you to do, though, is to hear how is Jesus, how is the Holy Spirit of God tugging at your heart? with this today? What is that invitation that you are receiving from God today? And how can you respond to that? How can you respond to the invitation to receive that free gift if you never have? And I love, again, just keep courage because it is true. These words that we are telling you are true. This will happen. This is true about Jesus and what he has done for you. And so receive that gift today and if whoever maybe you're with if you're with some people watching this service to be able to to talk to them about that to ask them to pray for you about that to ask for them to be in on that with you because here's the thing this this whole life of being a follower of jesus we do this by jesus's power but we also can't do this alone. In all these ridiculous videos and stuff that we <laughs> had been doing with the whole story uh, with the incredible detective, though, right? I mean, terrible wow. Costume. No. <laughs> but, but within that, it was... The, the thing that detective learned, because I think he thought he could do it all himself, but the thing that he learned was like, hey, we can't stop this runaway train alone. We got to be together in it. We can't catch the, the thief of that necklace alone. Like I, we needed to be together in it. Because I think what we forget sometimes is that as all human beings, we're all created in the image of God, right? We are all image bearers of God. But then as followers of Jesus, even more uniquely, we actually have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within us. So you and me, like us on this stage together, we are our own unique people, but we both are created in the image of God and we both have the very presence of God dwelling within us. Mm. And that means it kind of of gives me chills. Like it should give you chills (laughs) that the presence of God is here amongst us right now. And when you interact with whoever you interact with that's a follower of Jesus, the very presence of God is dwelling within them and is there present in that moment because that's where God's spirit dwells now. He dwells within us and that gives us strength. That gives us joy in the midst of all of this stuff. And so when we think we can't do it, we know we have the power of Jesus, but we also know we have the very presence of God within us And so we are better together. We do help each other. And so I want you to believe that. Whoever you are out there listening to this message today, believe that the very presence of God dwells within you. And believe that if you respond to the message of the gospel right now, to receive that gift, to confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved and then the presence of God will dwell within you and sin will be gone from you. The consequences of sin are gone for you. And so I encourage you to receive that gift now. And I encourage you to not go through this life alone. You do not need to be alone. So whatever that means for you this week, to recognize that and ask maybe a friend or a family member, as you think about that, to help you in whatever God has called you to do. So I actually do want to pray. I want to pray right now. And I want you to respond to this message, respond to this invitation even right now. So please pray with me. Almighty God, I come before you and I pray for each one out there, Lord, that is hearing this message. And I pray, Lord, that you would would tug at each one's heart and help, help them to know how they should respond today. For those that have never received the gift, the free gift of salvation, God, I pray that they would talk to you right now to receive that. I pray for those that are God, thinking that they're in this alone, I pray, God, that you would help them to know that they are not. That we are all in this together. And I pray that you would bring people into their lives if they are lonely. I pray, Lord, that you would give them the freedom and the ability to recognize the people around them, how they are people who have the very presence of God within them. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. So I encourage you, if you responded there, maybe it's responding in the chat, maybe it's telling someone, maybe it's sending an email, maybe it's sending an email to ask at calvarylife.org and telling us, and we can help walk alongside you and disciple you in that. part of the whole thing of the Great Commission of that Matthew 28 was that it's all about taking this message to the nations. And what's so cool is that's such a part of VBS. And so now as we head into this time of kind of worshiping and giving, we're also going to find out from Matt Doan and Miss Penny ways that we've been able to see this whole message of the gospel going out to the nations through kids, through our missionaries, all around the world. Let's check it out.